So if you get to a point where you have to liquidate the property and discount it you know, 20% off and still make a profit after you've discounted it quickly and pay back your investors and still make a profit after closing cost, you should be able to find the money. Yeah. The money should always be there. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey, Marco here. I really wanted to share with you our earlier podcasts that we created. Now, our mics were not the best, but the content was really strong, and I know you will learn a lot. We had an absolute blast recording this, and I know you're absolutely going to love it as much as we loved recording it. This extremely content-rich information will not only give you the edge in your real estate investing business, but in everyday life. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to discuss private lenders, how to find them, why they would lend money, why wouldn't they lend money? and how to foster those relationships because the more money you have access to, the more deals that you can do. And it's important to uh, have the attitude at first and at second and at third and at fourth and constantly to take care of lenders first. Uh, lenders have to be taken care of first because you're actually uh, working for them. If you make people money, they're going to give you more money. And with more money, you can make more money. And if you always take care of them first, you're always going to have more money than you ever need. I have lenders contacting me constantly saying, hey, do you have another deal? Do you have another deal? Do you have another deal? Because I'm making the money on other deals. And money talks to money. And uh, it only it starts with one. And one person tells two friends. And those two friends tell two friends. And those two friends tell two friends. I don't know if you remember the old 1980s Vidal Sassoon commercial, <laughs> but that's kind of where I was going with that. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I do remember that. And my friends, my friends, and my friends, my friends. Oh my goodness! Yes, yes. Uh, but anyway, if you were born in the '70s or were watching TV in the '80s, you probably will giggle at that. Yeah. So listen, everyone's looking for. Well, well actually, let's, let's distinguish between private lenders and mm. and the brokers. Let's. What are private lenders? Uh, because some folks don't know that. I agree. Um, I would think they're one of the same in the same basket, but they're not. Private lenders are just people like Marco. And, and Gabe and myself and whatever. Or you. Uh, yeah. Or someone, basically any human. Any human. No orangutans. Just humans. Well, what if the orangutan is loaded? Well, then, you know what? Maybe we... It has like a... The really, communica- there'll be a communication What if it's like the barrier, richest... But that's okay. A richest orangutan ever. And they speak money. And they... And they, they, they like, they're rich in bananas. Or rich in, well, I guess mm-hmm. then I'll consider that, but... Let's get back to private. Uh, let's get back to private. So, uh, so with the private, for myself, I started with people that are in my circle of, of my life. Uh, when I got into, but before that, let's just yeah. define it. So, a private lender is essentially someone who has uh, who has okay. capital and that wants a return on their money and that maybe are not satisfied with the current returns they're getting. Yeah, you wrote a book on on lending. Uh, yeah, I wrote a book on compliance with respect to raising money uh, from specifically private lenders. Yes. Okay. Wow. That's very specific. It is. So, so you wrote a book on lending? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> if it's going to help this. I didn't understand what you just said, but I did, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. So a human, orangutan, yes, whatever. There's someone to, looking to place their money to make their money grow. And people always are looking for something. And typically what they go to is, is a financial institution. Mm-hmm. They go there and they have... Uh, 
Like in Canada, we have what's called GICs, Guaranteed Income Fund. They give you like 3%, and, but you got to lock it up for five years and have balloons and cake when they have that because, you know, the rates are pretty shitty. Or people just put their money in a savings account and they earn 0.0000005 or something like that. So people are looking for avenues or, or areas where they can put their money in. And a lot of them put it into real estate when they find out, oh, okay, I can make uh, higher than average returns than the financial institutions are willing to give me. And that's where basically I started. It's, it's with friends within friends and acquaintances that I knew in, in, in my life and say, hey, I got this property. I'm looking for some funds to, to acquire. I give them the, you know, the details about it. And basically, I offer them an attractive interest rate to, to use their money so, uh, so in exchange I, for using their money. So right? I, just want to, uh, I just want to interject. At first, I didn't know anybody that was wealthy. When I, uh, My parents were very simple people. Um, I really didn't know anybody. And I always had a problem with money. I felt like asking people for money was like begging. And I just don't want to be begging for money for real estate deals. I kind of found that like a, almost like a dirty concept. Mm-hmm. So when uh, I realized that I wasn't asking for the money, the deal is the one that ask, is asking for money. So this is a very important distinction when you're communicating with private lenders. And there are some compliance issues based on where you live, uh, the jurisdiction that you're in, and the country that you're in. There are some countries that are very loosey-goosey when you can ask for money, and it's very easy to do that. And some are extremely restricted, like in Quebec, where he lives. You know, if you literally don't do things exactly perfect, uh, you're you're going to prison for a very long time. Uh, Don't drop the soap. U.S. too, there's there's a lot of rules, and they're not that complicated to respect, but you have to know that there are rules in order to respect them. Yes. But um, at the end of the day, it's not, and we can get into those compliance issues or, you know, if there's tons of materials on, on how mm-hmm. to raise money the right way, but we're going to get, not get into the dynamics of that on this episode, but understand that you should never be thinking that you're begging for the money. The deal is actually um, making the decision and the numbers are the ones that are making the decision if the deal makes sense or not. If you can't give a respectable return to someone that's investing in the deal and it's relatively safe, meaning that they're not overexposed, meaning that you're not borrowing more than 70% of its value. So if you get to a point where you have to liquidate the property and discount it you know, 20% off and still make a profit after you've discounted it quickly and pay back your investors and still make a profit after closing cost, um, you should be able to find the money. Yeah. The money should always be there. If you have a million-dollar property that you can get for 700000 and I know those might sound like big numbers if you're just starting, so let's make them smaller. It's a $100,000 property, and you can get it for $70,000. Maybe that's too big. It's a $10,000 property, and you can buy it for $7,000. If we buy it for seven and we can get rid of it quickly for eight, you're still making 1000 after you've borrowed the seven, uh, the $7,000 from private lenders. So all a private lender is is a human that has some cash, and they want to grow their money. So sorry, just... They want to grow their money and at a certain acceptable risk Re- tolerance Re- for them. And, and a decent return. Yes. That's it. Well, a decent return with without a high risk. Yeah. With a little bit of control and protection. So, you know, they're, they're in a first mortgage position where they can take back the property if you don't pay. You want to protect the investor. I know too many people that care too much about themselves um, and don't give a shit about investors. We actually partnered with someone that was in that position where the attitude was not on how can we take care of everyone in the project. It was 
how can they make money when by screwing everyone else? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had too many partnerships in that in, that are that way. That's why it's very important to be careful who you partner with, to understand what their integrity level is. But that's a whole but, other. But Marco, if you yeah. do that, like that individual, I know exactly what you're talking about. And if you do that, you're not going to be in business for long. Well, like, they're out of business. They're out of business. That, that's the whole thing. So you do it once, okay, you got away with it, but you're not going to do it again, and you're out of business like this. So if that's what their intention is. Uh, and again, you can't sometimes judge character that way. And yeah, we got burned, but you learn from that. But my deals were uh, the ones where I got my people within my uh, circle of it, uh, within my circle. There were small deals. One was a property it was it was worth just shy of a hundred thousand. It was fifty thousand or something like that. Um, they came to us. They go, hey, they go, you know, we have some. We have fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Can we put in this deal? And I go, yeah. And I go, how much you, how much do you give? And we gave the interest rate. It was it was an attractive interest rate. And we put them in first position. So we try to mitigate their risk. So we put them in first, first position. position means we first actually mortgage. even had a clause in there saying, if something happens to me, because they go, you know, what happens What happens if something happens to me and Linda? Like mm-hmm. now we put it in legal entities, but what happens if, if something does happen? Because in the U.S., uh, you, you they don't know real sued. estate. You don't know. They, it, so I, we even put an extra clause in there where it says, you know what? If we don't pay you and we don't cure it within 60 days, take the deed. And we already have a, we already have a document signed. They would say, you know what, Marco, you can take the deed. If I default, mm-hmm. here you go, and there's equity in there. So they, they can choose what they want to do. Then. Sell it, keep it, whatever, whatever the they case want is. And, and, recover, and their, recover their... Uh, and that's where it starts. And then when they're, you know, you pay them on time like you should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, investors come first, and we did that. And once we refinanced the property, we got that money back. And I, you know, I said, here you go, Marco, here's your initial 50000 back. And it was almost like cooties. Like I don't want it back. Yeah, are, yeah. Trying, I go, no, it's your money, man. Get yeah. it back. Yeah. Go, I don't want it back. Like that because what happens is like shit, they don't know where to put that money now. Now they got their capital back. They made their interest for two, three years. Yeah. And they don't want it back. They go, Can you put in something else? And I was like, okay, well. What, what so, could they do with it? They could put it in the stock market where someone else is, you know, it's going up and down, up and down, up and down. CD. Put it into CDs, uh, GICs. Uh, they could put it into, you know, uh, retirement uh, funds. These are all they could put it in the stock market and let it roll. Uh, if they want. They can spend it all on black, whatever they want to do. Know, but if you're getting a, a mailbox money, which is ultimately what they're getting, right? Yeah. They're getting a check every month and they don't have to think about it. And it's always going to be there. And it's a better return that they would make anywhere else. Wouldn't that make sense? Like if you had the ability to take someone's hard-earned money, make them money, um, and then you pay them back. And then now that income source is gone. They'd be addicted to you. be like crack. Like they just want more. But it is. Well, I, and, and, and they just come and they out just, with that. They want more. They go. They, I, have uh, another, I have another fifty. I got a hundred now. I'm going to liquidate this. I'm going to get it. Like I want. I want more money. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so what happened to me. My first first deal was I bought five houses, and I borrowed the money, bought the five houses, and the deal was for a year. So I was holding the money for a year with a, an option to renew it. The interest was was quite high, but it was worth it based on the deal I had. And nine months in, I decided, you know what? I'm done with houses. I want to I wanna start doing some commercials. So I sold the homes. I sold the homes within not even 40 days. And because you bought them right. Yes, that's right. And so I got, I got all the money back. And obviously, I have to return the capital to the, the person who, who I borrowed the money from. And so I called him. I said, hey, when can I see you? I have your money back. And there was this silence on the other line. And, you know, hello? He's like, yeah. He goes, listen, I, you, you I just, it's, the, it's the first... First time someone uh, gives me back my money before they're supposed to. Usually, it's either at the deadline or most of the time they ask me for a little bit of an extension. So I kind of expected this to go on for a couple more months. I go, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but 
you know, like I don't want to keep. What did I do? I don't know. What did I do to you? It's like he showed up at your house with the chagolis and shit. Why can't keep your money? I go. I don't. I have to stop paying interest. Little envelope. Yeah, please. A little envelope. Come on, man. Well, you can take the booster, as we call it. I can't keep your money. I gotta pay you interest on it, and I have no more assets. So you need to take this money back. He goes, well. Okay, he goes, can you give me the weekend? I don't know. I go, listen, I'm going into commercial now. I, you know, I just, I don't want to give this back to you or you can leave it. But now we're going to have to have another agreement that's going to go a little bit longer because commercial is a different animal. He's like, well, let me get back to you. Give me the weekend. And lo and behold, on Monday morning, he calls me. I goes, listen, it was 90 grand. It was keep the 90. He goes, I'm going to give you a, whatever you need up to 150,000 to get into commercial with you. And that's how sort of my story started. And then never looked back since. And then that person talks to two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends. And they all wash their hair together. Exactly. So what's important, and I just want to sort of take a tangent here, is we always stress how important it is to buy it right. And that dictates everything because there's too many people out there that I've seen that are looking for money and they say, have a good deal, have a good deal, have a good deal. And they want to borrow money for it. But when you really look into it, is this deal, does it really make sense? And the right question to ask yourself is, if you had the money and you have that exact amount of money, that's all you had, your life savings, would you invest it in your own deal? And you have to be honest with yourself because it's not about making more money. It's about, am I able to protect the money and deliver on my promise of both interest and the return of capital? And if you can't do that with yourself, I don't think I would trust you with my money. And I don't think anybody else would trust you with theirs. So it's very important that you're able to make good on the promise and not to get into a deal just to get into a deal. You want to get into a deal because it's going to be a long-term relationship past this deal, past the 10th deal, past the 100th deal. And you have to know why it's a good deal. We were just discussing this before the beginning of this uh, shooting of this episode is I get emails every single day saying, hey, I have a great deal. You know, can I find the money for this? And I'm like, well, what defines a great deal? And they don't, well, they say, well, on the ad, it says it's an 18% return. Okay, well, I looked at the ad just for shits and giggles, mm-hmm. and it was all pro forma. It was, you know, the, the, the and it's in bold letters, and then they're looking at the numbers. And if you don't know what you're looking at, so they brought this deal, and now if I was a lender and I knew what I was looking at and I saw this, what would happen with the relationship with me and this person is they don't know how to find a good deal. They're off, you know, they're done. They're dead mm-hmm. to me. Because they're, you know, they're now bringing deals that are actually terrible. That's if they catch it. What's worse is if they don't catch it because they don't know better as the lending. They make their money. Maybe they're a doctor. They just make a lot of money and want to park it. And they trusted you. And then you've bought this deal, which is ultimately just pro forma. Making shitty, no money. Making no money. Now you're not paying your interest. You're not able to return their capital because you don't even have enough, any money to repay them. What happens now? Not only is your credibility shot, but now if you know, there's also... We talk a lot about rules and regulations. You mean you can be liable for this, and, and you can go to prison actually for asking for money. Here's the thing: is the wrong way. The wrong way, yes. And no one's going to give a shit until you, they start losing money, and yeah. you're one bad deal away, and not a compliance issue. That's why he wrote a book on compliance to make sure that you're compliant when you borrow. So if things go wrong, and they shouldn't, if you do things the right way, but things can. Shit happens. And if it does, you're protected, and you're protecting the investor as well. So if things go go wrong. We can fix it without it having to go into a long legal battle. You're protected, but you're helping. We mentioned this on a few podcasts where you're in the helping people business, right? So you're helping the seller. That's one. You're helping the broker. You know, they make a commission, whatever. You're helping the actual 
private lender. They yeah. want to put their money. They want. They want to make to a return. So you Who doesn't gotta, want to make more. So money? you got to protect. You're helping the seller. And you're helping the private investor and, and the private lender. So the private lender, you got to protect their money, like you said. And we'll do what we can. Number one, to buy it right, make mm-hmm. sure there's equity in there in case shit does go wrong. Put those that language in the agreement because we have to have an agreement. We we register it on title so everyone's got it so everyone sees it but in the agreement too we also put clauses in there about insurance mm-hmm. right we'll put them as the lost payee so if you know if the shit goes and a tornado comes and it's wizard of oz and the thing starts flying away and it's no more in kansas uh and they can't find you at least they're the lost payees they're going to get the money for the value of that property so we put these things in because ultimately our intention is number one is to help them earn money on their money and number two is to protect them as much as we can and when those two elements are not there your, and yeah. your intentions are just to self-serve, then you shouldn't be in this business. Well, that's what I say. Your, your mindset should always be you're paid last and and everybody else has to be taken care of before you. And if you go in with that mentality, first of all, you're going to be a lot more careful when you're getting into deals because if you're the last one paid, there has to be something left over. And at the same time, it's just the right thing to do. And everybody's going to respect you. And you'll you'll realize quickly that everyone's going to come crawling to give you their money because you do things right. And, it, you know, your mindset has to be there of, uh, I know you're just, no matter how broke you are or how painful it could be or how many bills are not being paid and how terrible your life is, if you have an attitude of, you know, the deal comes first, everyone around you that has contributed to the deal, gets paid first, you're in control of the deal and you're in control of what happens. And you pay everyone, even though you're going to get evicted tomorrow, Mm. if your behavior is always of taking care of others, you will get more money than you need to do more deals and all that will be behind you very quickly. Mm. It's painful now, it'll still be painful in a year from now. Would it be worth going through an extra year of pain taking care of everyone around you, them seeing that no matter how hard it is for you, you're still taking care of business, which shows a level of integrity, you'll have millions of dollars to play with, in which case you'll be making hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. um, at that point, and whatever happened in the past is going to be passed. So the right attitude with the right behaviors, with the understanding of what a good deal and a bad deal is, protecting your investors, and understand that the money is everywhere. There's actually more money than there are deals. Uh, If the person that's driving a bus has money, the dentist has money, Uh, postman, I I have a couple people that I mentor, they have money, they have assets. Anyone around you, just because they don't look like they have money, doesn't mean they don't have any money. And everyone wants to make more money, as long as it's relatively safe. Um, And real estate is the safest way to do things. If you get educated on what is a good deal, that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. What's a good deal? If you understand those those concepts, money is everywhere. It's not hard to get someone to invest in a project if the project can stand up by itself. And that's all you really need to learn. Yeah. Really. Anything else? Well, no, going back to what you just said right now, where uh, money talks to money, I do have at least five or six people, one of them being a a bank manager, wanting to invest in a deal. They want their money to work for them. Mm -hmm. And the problem that I'm having now is not the money. And I know that's a big obstacle to get across in your head. That's a mindset that you don't have the money, like how much money is in the world. There's, there's, so there's, lim- there's limitless yeah. amounts of money. They're printing so, it right now as we speak. They're printing it right now. Well, <laughs> and they're destroying it right now. It, yeah. Uh, but, and destroying it but, at I, the same time. but I have these people that want to, they're actually relying on me. And I feel like I have some kind of fiduciary responsibility to look for <laughs> some deals. But like you said, I won't be emotional to plug these yeah, people into a property that doesn't make sense. I just can't. You just can't. Because I know shit's going to happen and then I won't be able to pay them back and the ones that are waiting, 
are going to quickly go away because I, I wouldn't want to do that to anyone. So it's like playing with your own money. Yeah. You got to treat it that way, even more cautiously. Yeah, I'm more you careful. Be, with others, like, yeah. You know, you, I, I'm sometimes foolish with my money. But uh, until so you've lost money yourself, you won't know that feeling. And I'm not saying that you have to go out there and lose money. And this is why we're sharing this. I've lost a lot of money and it, it's painful. It hurts. It sucks. But I had control over my losses in the sense that I created those losses. But if you're taking somebody else's hard-earned money and not taking care of it, like it's, it's a really shitty feeling to have when people are walking around you and you're the reason why they're struggling. It, you don't want that. It's terrible. No. It's not a good business to be in when people hit you and, you're, and you destroy lives and, and, and families. And uh, I wouldn't want that on my conscience anyway. So That's right. Agreed. Uh, if it doesn't make sense, you walk away. Yes, they're knocking on my door. They're bringing cannolis and cakes, and they're bringing the kids, and they're like, "Hey, Frank," and but you just can't and unless the numbers work, and, and the deal is a true deal. So private lenders, there's a bunch of you know what that is now. There's a bunch of them out there. You don't even know, but if you just start looking, you'll find them. Just take care of them. Most important part is if you're gonna use other people's money, just make sure you take care of it even more than your own. And uh, other than and that, how, just how be did, careful. How did you find them? So for me, I just ex- I didn't ask for money. I just exposed and just talked about it, what deal, I do. The deal found the money. Exactly. I, I just said, I, what do you do, Frank? Oh, you know what? I kind of left the government. You left the government? Where'd you leave the government? I left the government. I'm doing some U.S. real estate. What do you mean? You're, you're a real estate agent? No, no I, I buy properties and I buy and I hold them and I yeah. make money monthly. And like, well, that's pretty good. I want to get up. And that's how the conversation starts. So I don't ask for money. It's just basically talking. You're the flame and not the moth. Yeah, you're just talking what you're doing. But that's an art too. Like it's something that you acquire. It's a learned learned skill. It's a learned skill. It is. It is. It's a learned skill. Definitely it is. Initially when I did it, I wasn't attending it as as an art, a skill. I was just, shit, that's what I was doing. And they're like, well, tell me more. They get interested in that when they think that there's something in maybe for them. And it's important you saying it this way because, and this is where when we talk about securities, compliance, rules and regulations, I don't want to bore you to death with this, but it's the, one thing, but the one thing I don't want you to do is go out there and start asking directly for money. Do you want to invest in my property? Do you want to invest in my deal? I'll give you 10% return for your money. All these things are just big X's. Don't even think of doing them. Don't go on Facebook and say that you need you need money. Yeah, you know, don't go on Craigslist and say you need money. Oh, These wow. are all mistakes. So, and maybe we can go over. What we, we may have an episode in the future on 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 how to raise money the right way and who you should be raising money from and who you shouldn't be raising money from. But uh, at the end of the day, for now, your only role is you know once you learn how to find a good deal, is just talk about your deal. Just say you know I'm looking to do this. I'm looking to do that. What are the returns on your deal based on the net operating income? Not I'm going to make 20% return. No, my net is this. I'm paying that. People will naturally come close to you and start asking you questions about your deal when they hear numbers that kind of make sense for them. So let that come to you. Don't go after it. Don't start asking people for money the wrong way, but understand the money is everywhere. And uh, private lenders are everywhere, and there is no limit to how much money you can uh, attract. It's just a matter of how to attract it and get educated on the right things to say, the wrong things to say, mm-hmm. and also what really constitutes a good deal so you can protect the investors and everyone around you. And if you sort of follow those guidelines, you're going to be A-OK and make more money in the next three years than you ever have in the last 30, which is ultimately our goal. See you on the next episode. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. 
The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.